want to minister briefly today on the subject of blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. The spirit that's in the earth today is the same as it was in those days. There are so many non-believers. There's people who say that they, love, they recognize God and they know God, but their heart is far from him. Their, their uh, commitment is far from them. And uh, so we've already had a very good Sunday school lesson, and it's all also been in the same vein as my message this morning. So I, I'm thinking it's something that God wants to remind us of. So uh, resurrection is eternal. The glorious purpose of resurrection is eternal, that we might have, uh, I, what did I say? <laughs> no, they have to take the babies out. Eternal resurrection is unending praise. If you don't have praise in your heart, you will not like heaven. Heaven is filled with unending ending praise and it's audible and I think it might be loud and I think it will be glorious and powerful and uh, I'll probably just fall over and be fell out because the praises of heaven will be so glorious so it's wonderful to know that the lamb of God has given his life for us and how awesome is that so this is an awesome moment in history I know they don't have it in the history books. I know they don't believe it in some of the places in our country. But this I have to say to you that this is one of the, is the most important historical event that ever happened when Jesus died and rose from the dead and brought our salvation and we have eternal life. So thank you, Jesus. This is the day of highest praise. This is the day last Friday night and Saturday and the death hour of Christ. The devil was full of glee, but today he's defeated. Amen. Amen. When Jesus Christ kicked down the doors of hell and took out those that uh, shouldn't be there, went to paradise and took those with him that should be with him. I'm too too excited, so I'm backward this morning. (laughs) But nonetheless, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm so great that Jesus did that. And so, you know, the disciples listened to Jesus every day. He was a teaching them. They were in Bible college. And every day he taught them in the parables. He taught them on the Sermon on the Mount. And he instructed them when they got into bad things. And he was always talking to them. And John 16:7, he told them, he said, I tell you, this is red letters. He said, I tell you of a truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. Think how sad they must have felt. And then he said, but if I, if I don't go away, I, I see the pause there and the comma there. And I thought, when he said, I'm going to go away, they pro- their faces probably dropped and they, they probably looked really sad. And the scripture goes on to say, he says, but for if I go not away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Aren't you glad he sent the comforter? Comforter is not just the Holy Spirit. It's not just the gifts of the Spirit. But the comforter is to guard us and help us on our journey through life. And I could not live without the Holy Spirit. He is all that we have that is powerful and truth in our lives. 
So Jesus' own words, these are the words that he spoke to his disciples. And the reason I'm giving them to you today is because we are his disciples. If we believe in him, we are his disciples. So John 14, here again, he said unto them, He said, You have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you have loved me, you would rejoice because I said I go away. For my father is, I go to my father, for my father is greater than I. And now I told you before, as before, and it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, you might believe. So over and over, there's many others, but time doesn't give us the time to read them. But over and over, Jesus tells them he's going to go away. And he reminds them that he will come again. But, you know, they have no understanding of that. So. Again, in another discussion that they were having, I'm sure they had discussions and correction times and good times and praising times. Because if you follow the lives of the disciples, you find they made a lot of errors and God had to correct them. Jesus had to correct them many times. So again, in another discussion in John 16, a little while, he said, a little while and you shall not see me. Jesus said to his disciples, yet a little while and you won't see me. This is about the third or the fourth time that he said it to them. And he says, and you shall not see me. And again, a little while you shall see me because I go to my father. So first of all, he says, I'm going to go away. Then he says, and I'm going to come back. You won't see me and then you will see me. So it was like a riddle to them. They they didn't know. They looked. They, they they probably had other things on their mind like we do sometimes when we're supposed to be listening. But, you know, the, the, something goes through our mind and we're on another another story in our life. But the disciples did not understand. They didn't understand at all. And so in their minds, they were thinking this over. What can this be? What is he saying? He's, he's going to go away and now he's going to come back. Well, this is really important, church, because he had to go away to bring the comforter. And then when he came, the comforter came through him. And how awesome is that? The disciples didn't understand. So John 16, if you're reading there, it says, Do, Jesus looked at them and he knew what they were thinking. Oh, that's a lesson right there. He always knows what we're thinking. Amen. He knows where you guys are right now. He knows where I was when I was sitting back there. He, he knows our thoughts. That's kind of scary, isn't it? And... Um, So he says, do you inquire among yourselves that I said a little while and you won't see me in a little while? I'll come back. Is that what you're questioning in your mind? And he said, I say unto you that you shall weep and lament. And uh, remember that he said he would be they would be sorrowful. And so this is he's saying it again. And then Jesus went on to say, he said, but the world shall rejoice. So the disciples were going to be sorrowful and the world was going to rejoice. Now, that's that's kind of wonderful because I'm thankful that it's us that's rejoicing and he's not leaving us. And we felt that on Thursday night when it ended and he had the lights had gone out and he had died. Just think where we would be without him today. So he said, but the world shall rejoice and ye shall be sorrowful. Now, here's the great thing. He says, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. Now, if they could have heard that, then they could have maybe walked in faith and believed that it meant something really good. 
and that God was doing something in their life. But the disciples didn't hear. And, you know, this is where we are today in our world and in our society. People talk to us. We hear them, but we don't understand them. And by that, I just mean by not understanding them, we're not really paying attention and we don't really are not interested sometimes in what they're saying. You know, and that spirit is still in the earth today where God is speaking to us. And we were just like the disciples. Well, what did he mean by that? You know. But when Jesus talked to them, they should have went and looked and said, what what does this mean? Well, they were questioning him. But Jesus said to him, well, it was a riddle to them. You know, he said, you're going to be sorrowful, but then you'll be full of joy. And so the disciples, they are going to experience fear and stress and anxiety. Today, we come to the house of God. We sing joyful songs. We greet one another. We have lots of things to talk about. It's spring out here. Spring always helps, doesn't it? And it's warm out here and things are, you know, for a minute we leave everything outside and we just come into the house of the Lord. And if we truly love him, our burdens are just lifted and, and you know, things are, are so much better. But that this is not the case for the disciples. They followed Jesus. They loved him. They served him. And now he's telling them something. They can't get it together, but he's going to go away. And then the the crucifixion happens and they go away. Instead of them following and following and being faithful, they go away, except for John. Peter followed at a distance. Peter denied him in the midst of his death that, that Jesus told him he would. And so... You know, we we understand that we're not there, but we're living in a world that there's types of what went on then. There's a lot of fear and anxiety in our earth today and in our world. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what comforts us. It's what guides us. And we've been on a journey uh, since uh, this account started, since resurrection account started for 40 days. We've been on a journey following Jesus through the steps of his life to his crucifixion. So now where will we go? Where will our journey take us? Where was our journey going to take the disciples? Now, what would they do? Where was Jesus? After all, they depended upon him for the miracles and the power and all that. And he was gone. They were sorrowful. But thank you, Jesus, that we have him and we are the ones that receive the joy. So no no wonder what is celebrated in resurrection. I think it's on the table. It's on the calendar table for us to remember Everything that happened, because it, it get, after a while, stories get dull. After a while, you know, something, we make a commitment to God from the bottom of our heart. And then we find out one day when, we're, when he, God convicts us that we've journeyed quite a far away from what God gave us at salvation. So, you know, the same thing is in the earth today. There are still dull ears to hear what God is doing in the earth and what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to his people. But we're blessed. If you're born again and Christ lives in you and you believe in him with all your heart, we are a blessed people. And to know that being blessed, there is eternity that is for us. You know, I never want to stand. uh, I never want to stand at, at a casket where I don't know how to preach that they were born again. Because we need eternal life, don't we, church? So we need to make it known. I've preached some funerals before that I thought that they were but I didn't know because it wasn't that clear. 
So let us be clear with our salvation. Let us be clear with the resurrected power of Christ in our life. So one day, you know, we're going to stand with our loved ones who've gone on before us. We're going to stand in the multitude of the redeemed and all of the innumerable cloud of great witnesses and all the angelic hosts of heaven. One day, well, I probably can't stand. But, you know, we're going to stand in his power and in his love and and who he is. I mean, we just love him here and feel his presence. But being with him face-to-face is something that we look forward to. I want to encourage you this morning in your praises and in your worship. You know, that's for everybody. That's not just for people who lead worship or for people who are in the pulpit, but worship and praise because you're all servants of God. You're all called of God for your purpose in life. And so I want to encourage you to enlarge your praise, enlarge your praise. Just sit down and, and give some time to praise and see how many, how many different words you can give to praise the Lord who gave you eternal life. And you'll find that your list is pretty short. I was trying that this week before I decided to talk to you about it. And I, and I got down and I said, well, I better get the Psalms out and look at it. So I got the Psalms out and tried to enlarge my praise a little bit more and I saw that Without a doubt, we can enlarge it so much. If we just go to the Word of God, Psalm 145, take that in your spirit. Try that this week because it's awesome. God has personal praises in the Psalms. Some people think, well, that's just another book. No, it's a record of various people who worshiped God. It's in the center of the Bible. It's the biggest book in the Bible. So it must be something that God wants us to know and do and have in our heart. So here's David. I'm just going to give you one. This is so great. This is David's David's, uh, praise of 145, Psalm 145. He says, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. He just has to say that over and over. And he says, great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And listen to this. His greatness is unsearchable. O Lord, I cannot search the riches of your grace and your love. and your. You know, God wants us to, to love him. We don't want to say to our mate every day, well, I just love you. Pretty soon our mate's going to turn and say, well, 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 why don't you take out the garbage? <laughs> if you love me, why don't you do something for me? You know, and so it, our praises go out in actions. So if we begin to praise him and search for great praise, you know, it will affect our spiritual life. When you're in trouble, when you're in distress, when you're discouraged, thank God for the Holy Spirit that came at resurrection and when you are those things, you can go to the scripture. Listen to this is again, David. He said, oh, my God, I cry in the daytime. Psalm 22. This is a psalm that covers his pain. It says, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the night season and am not um, and you're silent, but thou art holy. O thou that habest the praises of his people, even though he felt. Lost, he cried unto God, and God found him and helped him. That's what we need, church. Instead of 
you know, sometimes we just want to talk it out with somebody or talk to ourselves a lot, and that's all good. That's all good. But if you can just communicate with the Lord through the power of his praises and his word, it will be so helpful. Because Jesus lives, the power of the Holy Spirit is alive and well in the earth. If you've never felt the presence of the Holy Spirit, I pray right now, today I will give a prayer blessing. Because I want you to feel and sense that the presence of the Lord is with you. That presence is healing. That presence is help. And you don't know what to ask God for. You just lay yourself in his presence and tell him you need him. And the Psalms is a way to do that. Sometimes we go to praise and we're home. We're in our prayer closet or maybe you don't have that. You just at the kitchen table, you start to worship him. But there should be a worship oozing out of our life every day. And in that praise, we get strength. In that praise, there's healing. In that praise, there's hope. In that praise, is encouragement. And this, we're living in a world, we're concerned for our children. We have the children here today. I want to pray for them at the close of the service. You know, because the enemy is after our children. But they, the devil don't know that. Resurrection power is more powerful than the works of darkness that he performs against them. And, you know, last week I had a little bit of a, a, a brain blow. I, um, we were talking about the children, you know, and I had just read in the scripture that Jesus said, suffer the little children, bring them to me. That's probably why the enemy is merging his head now against our children. Because God loves them and sets them forth as a picture of our salvation. You know, the enemy is after us, but this is about victory and resurrection power and the glory of God that is for us where no weapon shall uh, prosper against us. Easter and resurrection. There is a word Easter in the Bible. Uh, the The world has taken Easter with the Easter bunnies. And I I see nothing wrong with that, except that it's not the thing that we're celebrating. We're celebrating the Lord Jesus and his resurrection. Jesus is still telling um, humanity that eternal life is for those that believe. Now, church, just believing, you have to have a little bit more action to your belief. You know, that when you have that action, then others can see that he lives in us. And that's what we want to know. We're a beacon. We're a lighthouse. And the resurrection in this season, we should just be, you know, four steps in the air and just smiling. And people need to wonder what is going on. And then they, you know, people close to us, family, will say, what's going on? You seem happy today. And you go like, it's resurrection day. I have eternal life. My sins are forgiven, you know. Let's give God the glory and the honor and the praise of the day. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life, you know. And how powerful is that? It said, he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me. If you folks are people who go to church, you all know this. You've heard it. I bet this is our 40th year to talk about it. But you know what? It's always new. It's always filled with strength and power and praise. It's always wonderful. God is... God is on the move and he's about to do something in our earth and the enemy is also on the move and he is coming against the things of God but God is greater 
from this day, this resurrection day, understand that the enemy was defeated and Christ was liberated and we have that liberty in him. So I want to just say a couple things uh, to you in closing this morning. But, you know, we talked about Thomas, I think, in Sunday school or in our classes this morning. But, you know, Thomas... They, the boys came to him, the disciples came to him, and he told Thomas, everybody knows the story of Thomas. They don't know Philip or Bartholomew, but they know Thomas. And Thomas said they came and they were rejoicing. Finally, they got it right. Jesus walked through the door, probably scared them and frightened them, and then he said, peace be unto you. And when he spoke, there was power in his message. There was power in his presence when he said, peace be still. Sometimes when I get distressed, I say to myself, peace be still, peace be still, because God's peace can override anything the enemy can do to you. So Thomas was not there. Evidently, they all scattered, you know. Some of them were hid in the house and where they worshipped, and two of them got on the road to do Maus, and they just scattered. They gave up. Even though there was a witness that saw that the grave was empty and they heard the angels say, he's not here, he's risen. They scattered. And Thomas was scattered somewhere. He was eight days away. It took eight days before he showed up. And when he showed up, they told him about these things before he came. And he said, I will not believe unless I touch him. You know, sometimes I feel that way. Sometimes we might feel that way. We might be in a terrible situation or a crisis or a sickness and we and we just want to we want a touch of the lord because all it takes is a touch of the power of his presence it just takes a touch of his love just takes a touch of getting in communion with him and we can do that through the word of god and we can really do that through the psalms because there was a lot of trouble in the psalms a lot of victory in the psalms and you just open it up and god will give you the right psalm that will minister to your heart. This is true. I believe it. I try it. And I encourage you to try it. And I encourage you to read this week in your devotion, Psalm 145. I did say to the church last week, Psalm 48 or something, but it's Psalm 145 that I want you to see. So anyhow, I'm talking about Thomas. And Thomas said, I will not believe unless I touch him, unless I touch his hands, his side. So it was eight days after that when he came around. Eight days he was probably meditating on was that really god is that really right you know how, when something good happens we have a tendency to go well did that really good happen you know but um thomas came around and while he was there jesus came through to him and everybody knows that but it's so powerful and when he came through and he said peace be unto you thomas he said reach in thomas and touch my hand touch, touch my side and Thomas did that. I mean, he still didn't believe till the minute that he touched Jesus. So maybe there are those today that have a hard time believing because things go wrong for you. And it's a hard time to believe. But if you just come to Jesus and touch his presence, touch his word, take his word in, you will find that there is power in the resurrected Savior. And so Thomas said, you know, my Lord, my God. So here's what I want to say to the church this morning. Romans 10:9 says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's that simple. 
Just that simple. All that you do is believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. But when that saving salvation occurs, then it's up to you to work. Work for him. Go to church. Be faithful. Worship him. You know, identify with him. Not just go with saying, I have him, but let the world know that he lives in you. So today I ask you to be blessed. I ask the Lord to bless you. We must have a personal declaration of Christ. It's not just enough to say, I believe in God. You know, the devil believes in God. It's, it's not just enough to say that, but what, what needs to follow that is, and I will serve you. I will serve you. I will commit to you. And that's not always a bed of roses, church. You have a journey to, fa- to become faithful, and your journey teaches you faith. You know, as you go through the trials and the tribulations, you learn to trust God. You learn to hear his voice say, peace be unto you. you. You learn to know that you need the word of God. You can call a friend, you can call a pastor, but you need the word of God. If you go to a pastor and they just bless you and don't, don't, and listen and they don't, don't tell you that, that God is there and he is a merciful God and you need to get yourself into the word of God because the healing comes from the word of God. I would be afraid to stand up here today and to minister to you if I didn't believe that he is in his word. So the more word we do in this house and you know we do that, we don't do it just to read the scriptures, we do it to impart the power of his presence in our life and in our church and in our worship services that I don't want to go anywhere without him. And it takes a little time, you know, to to get yourself out of the world things, out of the responsibilities, out of those things. And sometimes you just don't you don't believe you. I can't believe this. How many ever said that something goes wrong? and You go, I can't believe this is happening to me. Instead, we should say, I believe that God is for me. I believe that God will help me through this. And every time we come through at church, we grow a little bit. We grow a little bit spiritually. We go from glory to glory. And we get better and better spiritually. And we find out that we can commune with God more and more. And all of that's because there's resurrection power in our life if we know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And so today, remember the scripture that Jesus said. He said to said to Thomas, that's the title of the message today, he said, blessed are they that have not seen. I don't think there's probably anyone here that's seen Jesus. People do have revelation of him and people have seen him in a dream or, or in a prophetic thing. But we have never really seen him face to face. And it says, blessed are they that have not seen him. We are a blessed people. It says, and then he said, but it has to be those that have believed. We haven't seen him, but we believe. And church, there needs to be more stronger beliefs in God. When you read the news and you see the news and you see the things they want to do, and especially if you go into the deep things, what they're going to change our money, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. And, you know, it's not about Democrat or Republican. It's about God. And evil. 
And God is always going to win, church. He's always going to win. And he loves you no matter what circumstance you go through. If you are like the disciples when Jesus said, I'm going away, and maybe that's what you feel in your heart. You're going to be divided from something or those things. You just go to God. It's not about churches. It's about God. It's about Jesus. And he must be lifted up and he must be lifted up at his birth. He must be lifted up when the kings came because that means he came to us, the Gentiles. He must be lifted up all year long. And here's what happens in the church world. We get busy with building buildings and we get busy with lots of recreation and we get filled up with those kinds of things. And he is not first place. It's hard to keep him first place in our life. You know, when we did our 40 days of discipline, it was, you know, okay, I thought I could do that. But, you know, you you had to press in. You had to press on, especially if you were a coffee drinker and you gave that up. You know, toward the end, you were like, either don't give me any coffee ever again or give it to me quick, you know. But God deals in our life, and it's more than coffee, church. That's just an example. But blessed are you. Blessed are you who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and who believe in resurrection. And when we begin to believe, we need to become a servant. We need to find a place of work for the Lord. And maybe it'll just be phone calls. Maybe it'll be just sharing the love. Maybe it'll just be looking like we're a Christian and acting like a Christian. Because that's what God is looking for today. I pray that you'll be blessed by being in the house of the Lord today. It's always good to see you, and it's always good to know that people do recognize Jesus and recognize the seasons and the holidays. So I'm praying that he will walk in the midst of this house today, reveal himself to you in a personal way. And if you have a problem or difficulty, that when you begin to praise him, the Bible says he inhabits the praises of of his people. And so when you start to praise, you know, that he inhabits us in a special way because we're worshiping him. When that happens, the devil backs off. The devil cannot, cannot live in the midst of the praises of God's people. So blessed, blessed are you, you know, if you are a believer and Christ is in you. And I encourage you, if you are a believer, to work for him, to commit to him. Do something for God's people or God's house. And I I thank you for being with us today. And I'm going to just pray. And I'm going to pray for the children now. It was in my heart to do that. I knew we would have a lot of children. There's a lot of children in our house today. Father God, you said bring the children to me. For such is the kingdom of God. Lord, we see the rapid evil that's being forced upon our young people. And Lord Jesus, even in all the things that are happening in our world, the diseases and all those things, Father God, I ask today that you would build a hedge around every child in this house. Father God, that the power and the anointing of your presence would be a hedge about them. Father, no matter the circumstances that you, you would keep them safe and you would, God, raise up children, these children that if you tarry, that they would serve you, O oh God, and that they would be helpful to your kingdom. Father God, we come against the powers of darkness that have set themselves to hurt them 
and to destroy your creative work in them, O oh God. So we plead the blood of Jesus over them today, every one of them, O oh God. And we thank you, Lord, that, that they are in your house, O oh God. And we just ask that you would bless their parents, Father God, with wisdom and knowledge, O oh God, to raise them in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Father, we are so thankful. We're so thankful for those that are in the house today. I want to bless them in your name, O oh God, that you would, that your presence would be revealed in a supernatural way. Father God, that it won't be like yesterday. We just moved through it. But it'll be like your power in, in, enlarges us. God, it causes us to be hungry for you, Lord, that we might grow in your grace. And especially, Lord, if there be any that don't know you as their personal Savior, oh God, that they might be so involved in resurrection thoughts that they would come to know you as their personal Savior and commit their lives to you. For this, oh God, we give you praise and glory. We thank you that you bless us because we believe. We will never not believe, oh God. We will always be a faithful believer in you. We ask these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And all God's people said, Amen.